From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. <laughs> Oof. All right, yes, hell yes. Hell yes, Mr. Robert. Thank you very much. It's me, it's Mike. Mike Davidson lives. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading uh, as I'm recording in the waning moments of Palm Sunday 2023. <laughs> Been a long weekend. Uh, but thankfully, I've got Monday off, so maybe I can sleep uh, in a little bit. Uh, basically, how that works is technically where I work, uh, me and a coworker who have similar positions, uh, we're supposed to get good Friday off where we work, but because Friday's usually busy and warehouse work is very busy, they decided to shift it over, so I get the Monday before Easter off. She gets the Monday after Easter off, uh, which will give me plenty of time to go and take my son to a <laughs> to a doctor checkup to make sure he's on the uh, mend from a few weeks back, and he's too obnoxious not to be sick. I mean, too too obnoxious to be sick is what I'm trying to say. He's he's a hell of a lot better. Thank God. Because uh, we got enough to scare us here. Um, it's it's been a stressful weekend, and let me, let me uh, just break down a few things before I, you know start rolling. Uh, Phoebe, she's a cat of ours, uh, about 13, 14 years old. My wife has had her, I think, since two thousand nine, since she was a kitten. So my wife has had her uh, three years before she met me, and has gotten her through a lot of bad th- stuff. Uh, has been through with her, with her uh, through thick, thick and thin, um, and now resides in a house with uh, another cat and three loud kids. Well, we didn't know where the hell she was this afternoon. We hadn't seen her all day, right? Um, and we looked everywhere in the house for Phoebe. Everywhere, every room, every cabinet, every laundry bin vents, garage, you name it. We looked outside. We actually asked neighbors where they were. And we came We came to this uh, mindset that maybe, just maybe Phoebe, who is older and a bit infirm, maybe she did what some animals do and they wander off to find the rainbow bridge on their own, so to speak. You get what I mean? And we're devastated. You know, we're trying to communicate this to our kids and that you know, the kids are five, four, and soon to be two. It's kind of hard for them to take things as seriously as we were because, you know, Moles, or Jenny's known her all her life, and I'm like, I've known her since I've known Jenny. And, you know, we were hit hard by this. We went out, we went shopping. I dropped my wife off here at the house to go pick up the kids. Because grandma was babysitting him, and then I get a text from my wife. Phoebe's here. Like what? My wife came in to the house, saw her one cat, looked out the window, and then heard a meow. Looked up on the stairs, and wherever the hell she was, she hid there pretty damn well. And we don't know where she hid. All I know is, like right now downstairs, my wife is asleep with a big migraine headache. And this cat that she has known and loved all her life, or all of Phoebe's life anyway, tucked under her arm. And it's a big relief. But man, you know, we were just, we were devastated because we feared the worst. And it, it sucks because I've been through this before with some dogs. And when you have a cat or a dog that you love immensely and they love you back, it, it, it's, it's such a bond. It's such a bond. It's, it's stronger than with some 
friendships, some family member friendships, but uh, things are better here. And uh, Phoebe was with us Friday, a couple days earlier, when we were all stressed out by bad weather. Uh, me, the wife, the two cats, the three kids, all under the stairwell, um, late night tornado warning here in Northeast Indiana. I think there was a tornado touchdown about uh, four or five miles just north of us. And uh, there was like eight or nine in the state of Indiana, in fact, down Sullivan County, which is uh, about an hour or so west, southwest of where my parents lived. Three people unfortunately died. There was like um, about 20 deaths total, maybe a little more than that. I haven't really seen the numbers from Arkansas up through northeast Indiana that day. Like Tennessee got hit, Arkansas got hit badly. Uh, There's that theater in Belvedere, Illinois, they got hit. And I, I knew something was up when I left work Friday night because I saw you know a storm to the north. This is before the uh, the big ones came in around midnight. Um, and it felt cool, but like I was checking the thermometer in my car, and it was like 60 degrees. It didn't feel like 60 degrees. Uh, there was no daytime heating. There was no. It was cloudy all day. It was windy. It just didn't feel stormy. It didn't feel humid. But the wind kept coming from the south. And I just thought it was really weird. It was just kind of—it was a weird day of weather. And um, you know, keep those who uh, suffered through all that in your thoughts and prayers. And uh, there's supposed to be some more rough weather here in uh, the United States in the coming days, like Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, we might see some stuff here in Indiana. Don't know how bad it will get, but we shall see. But uh, always be vigilant this time of year. All right. Um, one thing I want to comment about briefly before I get into a bunch of other stuff. Last week's uh, uh, shooting at the Christian school in Nashville. Um, I'm, I'm, here's what I think. Um, I was just shocked when that uh, Muslim extremist shot up the gay nightclub years back down in Orlando. Yeah, it just it was it was devastating of huge loss of life. I was shocked and devastated when I heard about uh, that weird white supremacist gamer dude shooting up that grocery store in a predominantly black neighborhood of of Buffalo, New York last year. And I was shocked to see uh, uh, someone who was trans do this to a Christian school and shoot up, kill six people, three of which were nine-year-olds. And it doesn't matter who the shooter is and what their cause is. Once you shoot a group of people, you're not a victim. You're not a martyr. You're you're beyond human, below human to me. And I think that's the way it needs to be. No matter what their uh, political cause is, what their religious cause is, whatever their... In terms of identity and uh, values, you, you just can't do that to other human beings, even if you disagree with those human beings. And that's it. If you're the shooter and you kill people, you're not the victim. End of story. End of story. All right. Now, last night, in between the craziness of Storms and Lost Cats, uh, finally got to watch uh, Interstellar. With Matthew McConaughey, directed by Christopher Nolan, who is a filmmaker that I admire. I can't say everything he does is gold, and Interstellar is definitely not gold. Uh, and this movie came out back in 2013, I think, or maybe it was a little before that. 
uh, it, it came out a while ago. It's like it's a, it's a, about ten years old, and I don't know. It's a, the story's not perfect, but the when he goes into the black hole, and uh, he somehow travels back in time, and he's behind a black hole in space, and then all of a sudden he's somehow behind his daughter's bookcase, trying to communicate to her and all this stuff. Um, it, it just made no sense. Like, where the hell did this come from? The, the science in Monsters, Inc. makes more sense than the science in, uh, <laughs> in, in uh, Interstellar. Like, you can understand why the monsters uh, get through the closets to scare the kids. Because, you know, it's just, you know, movie magic. That movie magic's far more believable than Interstellar. And it kind of gives you some causes of uh, alarm. Is like... Well, is it going to be like this with Oppenheimer coming out later on in the summer? And by the way, I still haven't seen Tenet yet. Uh, but that was because of uh, <clears throat> pandemic. Um, but I, I, I tend to think Oppenheimer is still going to be all right. Uh, because it's, a, it's a, a, a biopic, much like uh, Dunkirk was. And, I, you know, he's got a great cast in place. I think that it will be a solid movie. It will be a good movie. It probably won't get nominated for a bunch of Oscars because it will be goodish and it will have good performances and people will mostly like it. I th I think though, um, I think though they uh, they will um, kind of vilify this movie because it deals with the father of the atomic bomb and uh, and how we are in this war now with uh, uh, Ukraine versus Russia. It's been going on for more than a year now, and then uh, you you have some fears of World War Three. Some people might be kind of downplaying that, um, but I think it, that movie will be all right. Unlike the Mandalorian, um, I saw the last episode, and it it still sucks. People, I think I might be moving on for that one. All right, Final Four is uh, set, and uh, of course I'm commenting about this Sunday night. The game will be played Monday night, so if you listen. Tuesday morning onward with this podcast, this it'll, it'll be severely dated. But uh, what a hell of a shot at the end of that game, San Diego State and Florida Athletic. It, it was kind of frustrating watching the end of that game because uh, San Diego State could not buy a field goal to save their lives, and they were still close. They were getting all these offensive rebounds and getting second, third chances at the basket, and Florida Athletic still had the lead late in the game, and then somehow they, they pulled off that stunning shot at the end, and that's... That is March Madness right there. So they get to go on. I think UConn's going to win. It's going to be another legacy school. It's going to be another banner for uh, the Huskies. But uh, with all the madness comes another random Tony Gwynn fact. Because Tony Gwynn is Mr. Padre. And I he played baseball down at San Diego State. Uh, he is still the all-time leading assist leader at San Diego State. He was a, you know he played baseball and he played basketball. Of course, he went on to baseball. And became one of the greatest hitters that sport has ever known. Uh, but like Tony Gwynn's one of those guys, like he, he was so good at what he did, you forgot how great he was. If that makes any sense. And so when anybody brings, like if you uh, follow the uh, Seventy Sports account on Twitter, the random stuff about Tony Gwynn, just in his baseball playing, is amazing. And, and Tony Gwynn's been gone uh, for years now, and unfortunate, it's unfortunate. But it just amazes me how you know a, a guy that's so workmanlike can produce the numbers that he did. 
If you go research some of the crazy stuff about his hitting, it's amazing. And the fact that, you know, he's a pretty damn decent ba- basketball player back in his day. That, too, is amazing. And speaking of basketball, um, saw the story out of Michigan. Uh, this kid, he's a big dude. I think he's like 6'9". He's only like 14 years old, and he's about uh, a good five inches taller than me. Um, he had trouble getting shoes. Uh, and there's a good reason for it. His feet size 23. Yeah, size 23 shoes. I think Randy Johnson, Hall of Fame pitcher, six foot ten. His feet were only like 13. That's still pretty big. But 23, and uh, you know, it got to the point where you know his mom would be looking for shoes, and they would find like um, size 23s at a uh, Nike outlet mall in like Arizona, and have to have them shipped in. Well, I guess Shaquille O'Neal stepped in because you know Shaquille O'Neal's kind of a big dude, right? And uh, has helped this kid get some basketball shoes so he can play. So, way to go. But I, I can relate a little bit. Well, not anymore because my wife does my shoe shopping for me. She just, you know, goes online and finds it. But I wear a size 15. I'm 6'4". And going shoe shopping was always a bitch when I was a kid. And it didn't, didn't really get much better as an adult. Um <laughs> Um, but like when your dad's like five, seven, five, eight, and you're like six, four and, uh, you're awkward and nerdy and you, you hear the, the big shoe jokes from your dad all the time. And you're just kind of like, ah, and then your mom, you know, chimes in too. And you're like, ah, <laughs> kind of plays on you a little bit, but yeah, you, you would think that they would be a little more, maybe not size 23, but like, you know, things a little North of 13 would be a little more prevalent. Like you could find those shoes a little more common. In, uh, in in shoe stores because there are athletes who are you know built big. I'm not an athlete. I just you know can't go places barefoot. But I, I definitely relate in some way to this kid. Uh, size 23 feet. <sighs> By the way, I uh, the other day I got my foot caught in the car door and that was real fun. All right. <laughs> WrestleMania weekend. I haven't watched pro wrestling in a while, but it looks like uh, UFC, uh, the company that owns UFC, is going to buy the WWE. Nine billion with a B damn dollars for Vince McMahon if that goes through. And you know, it doesn't look like the McMahon's, uh, you know, his uh, his kids want to be in the wrestling business anymore. So that's what it's looking like. Dana White and his crew will probably run the WWE and see if uh, it can be what it once was. Of course, UFC is. You know, real fighting has taken over uh, fake fighting. But, I mean, you know, there are some things I, you know, I definitely miss about the WWE back in the day, like when we could call it the WWF. Um, but we'll see if uh, that gets any better. Um, let's see. South Park. Andrew Tate. Uh, Andrew Tate, uh, He, I guess he was like some uh, big brother reality celebrity. It, it's... Amazing uh, how different cultures are and how similar they are. You know, like us in Britain, like you know, we we say elevator, they say lift. Uh, we say apartment, they say flat. Uh, but we both have shitty taste in television shows, especially when it comes to reality shows. And Andrew Tate was one of these reality slobs who uh, went on to become a an internet influencer for the toxic males out there, uh, for the guys that have to dress the nines, act like a total asshole to every chick that they see, and, uh, you know, he's, you know, putting out this message how macho he is, and then he gets busted for um, child trafficking, and I think in Romania or something, he's still in jail, and of course, uh, South Park 
laid waste to him, much like they laid waste to Harry and Meghan a couple weeks back. And um, <clears throat> Andrew T Tate, I guess, went on to Twitter and saying, hey, you know, once I'm cleared, I'll give South Park the greatest episode they've ever had. And, of course, I don't know. I, it's another country, and I get the whole innocent until proven guilty thing, but uh, <laughs> there's something that's so sleazy about him. I, I don't trust it. This is what I will say to you, anybody else out there. You need any any young man that wants to know how to become a man. And I know I, I'm not, I don't exude macho energy. I'm also um, not a tree hugger either. I'm just neurotic and nerdy. Uh, the best advice I can give you is you'd have, if you're going to have a male role model, it better be somebody you know, like your dad, your granddad, uh, maybe an uncle, maybe an older brother, maybe a neighbor, teacher, somebody that you can talk to and relate to, not some idiot with a YouTube channel. And I know I'm saying this through a podcast, but I mean, that's, I'm not looking to be your male role model. You know what I'm saying? It's best to have somebody as a touchstone so you know if it's a good idea or not. And your, your role model is not going to have all the answers and you're going to disagree with him. But what I'm saying is when some guy who craves celebrity and looking good is telling you how to look good and act like a douchebag, chances are this dude's a douchebag and is up to no good. So you just you, you got to find that guy to help you out. All right, enough of that rant. Uh, Sharon Stone is uh, upset about Basic Instinct, which came out, what, 30 years ago. It was a breakthrough role for her um, and her, you know, vagina. <laughs> well, because she didn't wear underwear in that infamous scene. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's a way to get seen, right? Uh, she's upset that uh, she didn't make the money Michael Douglas made in that movie. I think she said, I only, I only made $500,000, whereas Michael Douglas made $14 million. Um, Michael Douglas, of course, having, you know, being Hollywood royalty, his dad, Kirk Douglas, and Michael Douglas did have his own television and movie experiences. I mean, he was in the streets of San Francisco, Wall Street, Romancing the Stone, all sorts of movies up until Basic Instinct. So you kind of understand why he may have made 28 times the money she did. And, of course, Sharon Stone went on to have a pretty decentish career after Basic Instinct. But you got you to wonder here, before we start ringing the sexism bell here, any movie studio that's like, okay, we're going to give Michael Douglas $14 million and this relative unknown the same paycheck. All right, it doesn't matter if it's uh, a dude or a chick. If they're not known, if they're, if they're an unknown quantity in this film and this film bombs, a lot of people are going to get fired. So, yeah, they're going to play the cheap. I doubt Sharon Stone made only $500,000 the next movie she decided to do. So, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's not like she's living on the street after something like this. Because I'm sure there's a lot of actresses uh, who have not made it yet, or who did make it, who would like to have some of that money back. They're looking at Sharon Stone going, shut up. Jesus. All right, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, congratulations to her um, and the um, 
and the uh, weird-ass snow lawsuit, the skiing lawsuit. This uh, optometrist filed a lawsuit against her uh, from like an instant seven years back, 2016. This this was uh, the latest celebrity trial. And I think she was cleared of any wrongdoing in this uh, civil suit uh, Wednesday. Was that, was that when the announcement was made? And I had a feeling that it was going to swing her way anyway because it, this thing, again, is seven years old. It's skiing. It's he said, she said. Um, and it just it seemed like a money grab. But I think what really cleared her, and a lot of legal experts aren't talking about this, was the fact that one legal expert did know something about that ski slope, slope saying, hey, I uh, skied down this myself. I bumped into a woman, and I bumped into her twice. And she probably thought it was my fault you know, when I hit her, and I thought it was her fault. But it's just that that's how it goes in skiing. You're going to bump into people. And that was his analysis, and she gets off scot-free. Uh, that legal expert that I'm referencing is one Orenthal James Simpson, uh, and he said this, <laughs> I think, on his YouTube channel or his TikTok chat page. I don't know. He he's ranting about it. You know, he's he, if anybody knows anything about the legal system and how to get around things, it's O.J. Simpson. He he might have some experience in that. Maybe. Um, so, congratulations, Gwyneth. You're uh, free to use all the money you want to to make more for J.J. candles. Maybe maybe she can offer up a. A special Sharon Stone scented one. All right. Uh, good news in Hollywood uh, for all the guys and gals behind the scene uh, that help put together movies. We, you know, we talk about the actors, we talk about the actresses, and we talk about the directors and sometimes the screenwriters. But I mean, you know, everybody behind the scene, you know, from uh, the makeup artist to the camera operator, they play an important role. And I think they've been treated kind of like uh, serfs for a better. For the best term of word, I guess I would say. Especially these last three years in these fill-in-the-blank times with COVID. Uh, believe it or not, there are still people that treat this seriously. Um, and treat it as if it's still as intense as it was three years ago. And even three years ago, it wasn't exactly Spanish flu. Um, well, next month, the COVID restrictions behind the scenes will lapse. And they will not be renewed. Which means, you know, if, if somebody does not want to get the vaccine, if they choose not to get it, that's fine. If they don't want to wear a mask behind the scene, that's fine. Uh, they probably will stay six feet away from celebrities because you don't know what you can catch from celebrities. And I'm not talking about COVID. Um, <laughs> but uh, I saw something kind of disturbing on Twitter. And um, again, this is Twitter. And I, and I got some stuff about Twitter here in just a few seconds here. Uh, but the under the overall feeling in Hollywood, according to this one source, this one source that I don't know too much about, um, if you're not going to get vaccinated, if you're not going to wear the masks, if you're not going to take the precautions, they will find ways to circumvent your services. They will find ways not to hire you. They'll just find another reason why you weren't hireable. Um, and I said this. I said this about uh, uh, the the producer that was uh, fired from Marvel last week, Victoria Alonso. Uh, not not with her uh, co not with COVID, but you know she she found a way. She got fired because she violated her non compete. You know she was working with another studio with that uh, Argentina nineteen eighty five flick, 
And I think what it was is like they were cool with her doing that so long as they were she was making them money. And when the latest string of Marvel TV shows and movies didn't do as well, they decided to cut ties because, well, she was violating her non-compete. I think there will be some people that kind of keep track and tabs of things, behaviors, behind the sets of things. And if they can find a way to fire you, they will. They just won't use COVID. Um, and it's kind of like this backdoor blacklist. And remember when Hollywood was vehemently against the blacklist back in the 50s and 60s? I think it was only because that these celebrities weren't in control of the blacklist. I don't think it was uh, necessarily because of the concept of the blacklist. It's that ring. It's kind of, you know, a little Tolkien here. It's like that, that power that comes with being a dickhead, uh, they'll use that. So uh, it'll be something that'll be interesting to bear uh, watch over if uh, people who refuse to get the vaccines and refuse to still mask up behind the scenes, if they will find work. But, you know, you've got people like Woody Harrelson and uh, Tilda Swinton and, and even Tim Robbins who are just like, no, this, this crap is ridiculous. Let's move on. And Tim Robbins is not a a right-wing redneck, okay? <laughs> um, going on to Twitter. Uh, I don't know what's going on with it, uh, because this weekend was supposed to be the weekend where um, the uh, blue checkmark verification starts up the eight months, uh, $8 a month where you lose it type of thing. And it looks like some celebrities lost it. It looks like uh, the New York Times, as of this afternoon, didn't have it. But I've also been seeing... Uh, that uh, if you are a, if you've had it for a while before this program, uh, you can keep it because you're a legacy blue check mark. And it's like, what? What was the point of ever charging for this thing then? But it, it, it's kind of interesting to see some of these um, publications and celebrities lose their ever loving shit over $8 a month, uh, something that they can afford. Just to be uh, uh, verified. Well, you know who we are. We shouldn't have to pay $8 a month. Well, you pay money for a driver's license. Well, that's right. You guys have chauffeurs. Um, yeah, and I saw some of the celebrity reactions. I did like Dionne Warwick's, um, though. She's not going to pay 8 bucks because she wants to use it for lattes. <laughs> well, it, it, it seems a hell of a lot funnier than saying, oh, this isn't democracy and all oh, this is, you know, a Twitter dictatorship or whatever the hell somebody's bitching about but uh that i i'm gonna have to check up on this and follow it up tuesday uh, midweek when i do the next episode are they doing away with uh, the blue check marks if you're not paying or if, are you indeed a uh, a legacy blue check mark it's something that's going to keep us up all damn night uh for the next several nights and finally the nfl according to another source is looking to expand internationally. You know how they uh, they talked about how like they wanted the Jacksonville Jaguars to move to London. That may not be the case now. That the uh, the the NFL might be looking to add an international division for competition and expand that away and putting teams in Germany, Mexico, England, and creating a division, which of course uh, will tire out players traveling and everything and dilute the talent pool and. Uh, yeah, I, here's the problem I have with it. Again, when you have these exhibitions in London and Hamburg and Mexico City, yeah, you're going to draw 
thousands, tens of thousands, a hundred thousands for this game. But if you have a really bad team playing in those cities eight or nine times a year, are you going to have the same draw? Well, the novelty will wear off. And it, it, again, football here in America does not have the same impact it does in other cultures because it's ingrained in our culture from Pop, uh, Pop Warner, junior high, high school, college, the pros. And to a lesser extent, uh, USFLs, XFLs, and AAFFLs, uh, you know, whatever. But it's not in those same, it's not ingrained in German culture or British culture like that or Mexican culture. You know, soccer, which is football all over the world, that is more of a global phenomenon. And that's okay. You guys want soccer? Fine. We got football. We're fine. Goodell, what he needs to do is focus on his P1s, his primary audience, you and me, the people that like watching football. All right, that's about it uh, for this go-around. Until next time, and hopefully nobody else gets lost in this house, stay fresh, Tuesday. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at facebook.com backslash mdavidsonlives. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at davidsonlives.